heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to The Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. We are continuing the topic from last week. Excuse me. About, well, how do I even say what this Last week's show was about we all have a Springer family. Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. And if you didn't listen to it and we're offending you, please go back and listen to it before you, you get too offended. But, uh, you know, we brought up the point that even in biblical times, everybody there that you read about a family, it's hard to find one. I can't think of one that does not have Springer-like issues, right? And so we talked about last week, you know, just bringing that to light, okay, and everybody kind of realizing that. And then we kind of left off with, what now? And so this week I've been thinking about some clips, as you guys have, and, and we thought of some clips, but I never could think of a title for this that was a good one. So can you guys think of a title for this particular episode of The Masculine Journey? I personally immediately went to Everybody Has a Springer Family 2. <laughs> wow. Well, well, let me know, think it, about that one for a minute. It's T-O-O or T-W, you know, it, it works either way. Yeah. And, and it, it's just more of an extension. But in a way, Sam, honestly, as I have reflected on this show, in some ways this may be the most important show that perhaps we've ever done. Man, I feel pressure. Yeah, well, uh, the reason <laughs> I say that is that we left the show last yeah. week with, you know, how what's the way to get over this? And the, and the way to get over it is to face the truth. Right. And there is some truth. And so when you think about that, in a lot of people's life, there is a secret. Yep. And keeping that secret secret is what a lot of their life is about. And the thought of exposing that secret, what's that secret in your life that if your wife knew, your husband knew, if the people around you knew, if the people at church knew, it would ruin you. That secret, that's the one that quite often Jesus wants to come after. And that's where, if that can be exposed to the light, there's phenomenal healing available. So as I think about this show and the importance of that secret coming out, and I, I guess because of blessed to have been in radio for a while i've seen that secret come out with a lot of folks and i've seen what god did with that to transform a life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dennis you were going to say something i actually was going to sing a jingle that it came to my mind and robbie went and got serious (laughs) on us so i can't i can't uh, do that now but i'll take the microphone but one of the things one of the things that did come to mind was that um you know, when it, Robbie's speaking about secrets, something coming out of the darkness, and I was just thinking before we came in here, after we'd had our little meeting, uh, go on Facebook and look at all the families and look at all the peoples and all the stuff that they write, and you would think uh, we all had it all going on. Yeah. I mean, all the beautiful things about our families, all the beautiful things in our lives, and I'm not discouraging that. I'm not saying that that's not important. But what's behind all that? Mm-hmm. What's behind all that? And, and, and is there any of us, what, would I be willing to come out on Facebook tomorrow and say, you know what, folks, I've been wanting to share this for a really long time. This is, this is in the, 
this is in a secret hiding place, and I want you to know what it's really like with Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be kind of interesting, wouldn't it, to yeah. actually come out with that kind of truth? Yeah. You know, Facebook is kind of the equivalent of getting that Christmas letter that you used to get telling you about the last year's events all year long. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it really is. Um, we're going to go to a clip real quick, because there is a lot of this about truth. And so let's play the clip that deals with truth. If you think of one clip, when you think of truth, this has to be somewhere in your top couple. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. The court will wait for an answer. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Pretty short, pretty to the point. And Robbie, you're talking about truth. Yeah. And part of how you get through the Springer family... You know, surviving it is dealing with some truths. One of the first truths we talked about last week is that you have a Springer family. And if it's not your immediate family, it's not a few, it's not many rings out away from there. You know, if you look at your family as a tree, right? There's, there's just a couple there. It's probably pretty close. You know, whether you're talking about what Robbie spoke of, having that secret inside, or whether it's dealing within that Springer family, there has to be a point of change if you're ever going to find um healing or respite from it Mm -hmm. there has to be a point where you move away from it and say okay look something's got to change right and so what is that point for people that's a question and it's different for everybody but you know there's a a a path that everybody has to take and we were talking about it um before the show that it's not a destination this this life of um without pressure it's just a journey that we all take where we're constantly assessing where we're at, we're trying to make change, and then we walk closer with God. Right. Absolutely. And along the way, we have to deal with the truths that come out. So what's some of the other truths that we have to deal with? Robbie, you talked about we have our own issues. Yeah, right? I had the, a really neat clip that we don't have that was in part of a series called Living Proof at um, Christian Businessmen's Committee did, and they talked about how when you come to Christ that he's going to move into your life, and he's going to essentially move in your house, and he's going to knock on his windows and knocks on all the doors as he begins to build this mansion that where he wants to reside now. But there's that one door that you, uh, that says, <laughs> keep out, <laughs> you know, we're not going here. And, and sometimes, as in the case in my own life, I didn't know what was behind the door. So the secret that was inside there, I'd long since buried so deeply that I actually needed Jesus in order to guide me into how to get that door open again. I'd had it shut and closed down with locks on it and chains around it, literally, um, in order to make sure that that thing didn't swing open. There were so many secrets down inside that had to do with my family growing up. It had to do with wounds that, that happened to me in my youth. But fortunately, the thing I love about this topic and the thing I love about this show is I know Jesus. I know he wants to get at that and get that door open, get it unlocked, pick it somehow. <laughs> you know, he stands at the door and knocks. And, and how can we, a, as believers, ask him to come into our lives like that? Absolutely. When, when you grow up in an environment that's not completely healthy, which I think is everyone's story. Right. Right. Because there's no perfect family. It does take you or try to take you to unhealthy places. Some of that's going to be hidden sin. Some of that's going to be agreements that are made. 
along the way that you believe about yourself or you believe about others. It's the enemy's desire to take you wherever is going to get you away from God, right, and isolate you to where he can start just picking at you, just trying to beat you up. Calling the herd. Right, and so we're going to listen to a clip of a person who's kind of dealing with this this outside pressure of a family and, and really what that's speaking to her and her heart and what the enemy's trying to tell her. I can't get in front of it. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just, I'm not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You. Not enough for you. I was raised in church. This might surprise you, but I have since drifted from the faith. Shocker. My mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She'd tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run, Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. So guys, there's a lot in that clip. I mean, there's a lot of what you were talking about, Robbie. It, you know, to some degree, it's some of what I was talking about, some of what you're talking about, Al. Everything that we've been saying, Dennis, you know, there's, it kind of plays out a little bit in that clip in one way or another, doesn't it? I, I agree. You know, and I've known a lot of people over the years from Springer families, and, and as Robbie talked about, they had secrets, and I've known people with addictions to drug and alcohol, addictions to anger, addictions to frustration, and addictions to fear. And as I've listened to them over the years, I've noticed they all do one thing and it, and it's always perplexed me, but they ramble. They just talk incessantly like they're searching for something. And Todd had one time told me that, or I asked him the question, how do you, you know, how do you help them find healing? Do you just, why don't you just give them the answer? He says, you have to lead them there. And that's just in, since we started talking about this um, show, it's got me thinking that when people are talking they're searching for a couple of things. One, 
they're searching for faith. Either the point that strengthens their faith or they're searching for that point where they say, okay, I don't have enough faith. I'm just going to have to trust. And the other is a line where they're just tired of what's in their life, the sin in their life and letting it get the best of them. And I remember seeing a, a Robert Downey Jr. on a, a TV show talking about that point where after he got out of federal prison. We'll come back to that, Al. Learn more about Robert Downey Jr.'s story. And we're going to go into, okay, what now? We're exposing some of these things, but where do you go? How do you go to God in this? And, and where do you start? You're listening to Masculine Journey. We are very glad you're with us today. And we're very glad to be talking about this topic. And, and we hope that you help help us find healing by going to, to Facebook and saying, guys, that really spoke to me. And this is what I heard God saying to me through you. Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became a radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown, The Line of Fire, The Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dilmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24-7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport. You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to truthnetwork.com to download the new free app. That's truthnetwork.com. Freedom is your birthright, secured and preserved by unimaginable sacrifice. We the people form governments to protect our rights, which are endowed by our Creator. Government and those entrusted with power are subject to corruption and must be carefully monitored. Washington is out of control. The debt crisis, regulatory crisis, and the constitutional crisis threaten your continued freedom. Article 5, Convention of States to amend the Constitution, is the remedy. Conventionofstates.com Welcome back to Masculine Journey. You are with us today, and we are so happy that you are. And we are talking about, again, I guess it's called Jerry Springer Family 2. Right? <laughs> that was a creative genius of our friend Robbie. And Robbie, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm here for you. It, it's both T-W-O and T-O-O, as we found out. That's true. Absolutely. No, I'm just I'm teasing with you. <laughs> okay. I was thinking, wouldn't you want to be a Springer too? But no, no. Okay, so you were telling us a story about Robert Downey Jr. as we as we went to break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some more of that. So go ahead, let's let's hear what what happened with him. In his story, he had gone through drugs and and been in trouble and been given every chance possible, been through many attempts at rehab, and he finally got convicted to federal prison. And I, I want to say it was Chino, but I'm not exactly sure. And that's a rough one, especially for an actor. Um. And in his story, he talks about when he got out, he had this box of drugs and he was getting ready to just go on a hive because he was out of prison. And I want to say he was at a Burger King by the beach. And he just got to that point where he said, it's just not worth it anymore. And he said, I just don't want to go through this one more time. And there was just that point where he um, he said no more. And I think that when people are struggling that's what they're searching for. They're searching for either something to strengthen their faith or they're looking for that trust beyond their faith, um, as well as that line where they can say, no more, I'm done, I've had enough. Absolutely. As we listened to that last clip, you had a lady that was really struggling in a lot of ways. You know, she was struggling with some agreements. Um, don't know of enough of her story to know if she was struggling with sin. Everybody does, so I'm assuming that she does, right? Actually, she was um, she had three young kids and she couldn't keep up with the house. Her husband traveled as an architect. And so she just had a hard time keeping up with that perfect mom that she thought she should be. She wasn't living up to the expectation that was in her mind. 
Okay. And so as we look at, at her and you say, okay, just a question that came to mind as I listened to that, does the sin come first? Does the agreement come first? It's kind of like the chicken before or the egg, right? Do I make agreement and that causes me to turn to sin? Now you could see her saying, potentially, you know, I'm not enough for anybody. And then to me saying, well, you need to find somebody you are enough for. And all of a sudden there's an extramarital thing going on. Right, and so the agreement that leads to sin, or you can have sins that you have, that now the enemy starts to say, "See, that's really who you are," and trying to get you to make an agreement with your sin as your identity. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I don't have an answer for it. I was just asking the question: <laughs> which one comes first? And I think it doesn't really matter, does it? Because the enemy wants it. Either one is good. Yeah, once he's got you in the agreement phase, the challenge is um, to get some help in my world i'm i'm thinking for whatever reason god has had me in the beginning of jeremiah 9 for the last couple of weeks and in there jeremiah goes into this whole i wish that i could cry i wish i had a head that was like a fountain that would cry and cry and cry for days at a time and he's taking up a lament and i don't think i really understood that your eyes the word that the hebrew word for eyes is the same thing as living water it's a fountain that flows and the way Matthew Henry put it is that the eyes are in the land of, of <laughs> depression more valuable for weeping than they are for seeing. Mm. And so if I'm dealing with something that is my sin, that there's this element of weeping that I don't think I ever really understood that Jeremiah apparently did since he wrote the book of Lamentations. And later in Jeremiah 9, he goes on to say, hire out, get the weeping women, bring in the best, the most skilled weeping women. And I thought about that for a minute, that why is he saying that? Because like when I laugh, I can get people to laugh. I've been able to do that for years. But I hadn't thought about when you cry, you can get people to cry. Emotional responses create emotional response. And so by bringing in these professional whalers, we could begin to see the sadness of our sin and look upon the one where it appears. In Zechariah, it says, when they look upon the one they're pierced, they're going to weep and weep and weep. And I think that there's this flow of living water that's cleansing that comes from deep remorse over the sin that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, beating myself up here. Right. I'm talking about looking on what pain and all my sin has caused in order to get that aspect. Because there is a time to laugh and there is a time to cry. And I'm myself understanding here recently in the last couple of weeks wow i don't think i've really understood that there is a time to weep a time to mourn you know as you were talking robbie i think it, it the, the thing that i kept thinking of is if you're sitting out there and you say look i've been trying to deal with my sin i know what it's doing to my heart i know what it's doing to my family i, I don't want to be here anymore what do i do now and, and maybe that's not where god's going to start with you actually Maybe he's going to start with that agreement, right? Right, Or maybe he's going to start with a sin that leads to breaking an agreement. The thing is, you just got to say, okay, I'm going to walk with you through it. It's just amazing to me that this has come out in this show because uh, Al was talking earlier about, I want want to share with the listeners something. Uh, If you're listening today and and you're trying to to grasp where this is, but you you think it's speaking to you, uh, earlier this week, I had that exact these exact things happen in the same day. 
when I talked to Al earlier in the day, and I really needed to talk and try to talk some things out. And uh, I was I was trying to deal with some some real disruption and dismantling that God has been doing, and some really rough things that have happened in the last few weeks. And what were you speaking earlier about that? Sometimes we need to, we need to talk those things out and get them out. And then later in the day. I talked to my brother Robbie. If you don't think the masculine journey works, give it a try. I talked to my brother Robbie and uh, was actually, I think one of the things we were going to talk about was my car that was breaking down. And this thing about living water and crying, I happened to mention to him as we were talking, he said, well, what's been going on today? And I said, I've been all over the place. I've been doing things. But I said, I've cried like broken down and cried like four times today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was literally just just worn down uh, from it. And he started to share this concept of living water. And he said, and I, he asked me what I was doing, and I said, I'm reading Jeremiah. <laughs> and I was like in 32 or something like that. I'd started in 29. He said, well, I want you to go to Jeremiah 9 right now. And he, we went to Jeremiah 9, and he pointed that out to me. And it was God using his living word mm-hmm. to point something out to me, that there's something that he wanted to, to some, want some healing for me and wants to give me that healing. And my brothers are helping me to get that healing, but I had to walk through to this point. Uh, and it doesn't matter where all this comes from. It doesn't matter. I have a Springer family. It doesn't matter that what my family did or what they do today. It's really between me and God Absolutely. when it comes down to it. And, and I want to make sure we're clear on something. We're not pointing out you just shove that stuff down. Right. Right. You know, I have some family issues I need to work through and God needs to help me on it. It just can't be your identity. It can't be the... The thing that you cling to, you know, the, the, the thing that anchors you, but you don't just shove it away and pretend it didn't matter because it did matter. And you invite God into that as well. Al, have you had experience in your life where you've had to say, okay, God, I need you to step in here? It, I have. I grew up in a, um, as a child in a very volatile, explosive, verbally abusive um, household. And my mother loved me very much, but she, she had that volatility as well. And I brought that into my first marriage and into my second marriage. And I just knew this was the second marriage. This was, this was my last chance that father had put me in this position for a purpose, for a lot of different reasons. And I was blowing it and I was losing my temper the way I'd grown up the, the Springer family at its best. And my wife looked at me one day and she said, if this is the way it's going to be, and she's in tears, one of us has to go out that door. And she had her own uh, dysfunction that she brought into the marriage. So here we are both dysfunctional, trying to make it as a functional family. And I remember going in the bedroom and slamming the door and locking it. I went into the bathroom and slammed the door and locked it. And just like Robbie said, there was some living water flowing. And I said, you got to change me. Father, you've got to change me. I got on my knees. And that was for me the line in the sand. I had to love my wife more than I love myself for this anger. And so every time I felt angry, you know, if it got out, I, I apologize. Or I'd, I'd say, let me just stop here because I'm too angry. And I, I would fight the anger as though it were the enemy, not my wife. And that led me to trying to read the Bible, trying to go to church, trying to embrace the parts of my faith that were going to give me strength. And here I am. Um, we've been married 17 years now. And it's a continual process of you know, I've got to fix this part of my life. It's not that we're dysfunctional. I think I'm in the most functional family I've ever been around, but that doesn't mean that it stops. And I'm where I need to be with God that I've, 
um, there's a perfection that I can achieve on earth because, um, you know, when I look in the mirror, <laughs> all my sin just pops right out. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we need to realize that we need to invite God into that. We can't fix anything. We can't fix anyone else. The only thing that we can do is say, okay, God, I trust you. Help fix me. And let's go back to the clip and find out where this led to the, with this young woman who had three kids. My life needs to change for me to be happy. That would be false. (laughs) In truth, my life hasn't changed much at all. I have. True, I'm not smiling all the time. But I am smiling more. Smiling at the little things. At my crazy, stressful, over-the-top, kind of beautiful life. False. I am a failure. Yes. Very, very false. I'm not perfect. I make plenty of mistakes, but I am right where God wants me to be, and he has given me everything I need to be a mom. I'm a mess, but I'm a beautiful mess. I'm his masterpiece, and that's enough. So guys, part of this journey is just saying, I'm a mess, isn't it? Right, and it's wonderful to listen to her break those agreements. Yeah. And I heard a prayer of a 16-year-old girl this week that may change my life. She was picturing Jesus, asking Jesus to come in her life. She was struggling to get him to come. She said he came, and she saw a birdcage. And he opened it up, and the birdcage was her heart. And all these birds flew out, but there were four or five wounded birds that were back in the cage. Mm-hmm. And he went in the cage, and he brought those wounded birds out. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of what I know our Savior wants to do with those broken um, things in your heart. And, and that's what he will do if you invite him in. I don't know where he's going to start. I know you don't know where he's going to start. I just know he's going to start. He may start on woundedness. He may start on agreement. He may start on sin. He's going to come after your heart with love. And know your environment around you won't necessarily change. When you listen to the words of this lady, the truth is we change in the midst of that environment which then will have ripple effects to the people around us. And maybe sometime down the road, we'll have a little less of a Springer family. And if we don't, we'll be able to cope with it anyway. Thanks for listening. We're we're glad to have you. If you want more information on us, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. You can visit us on Facebook at Radio on Facebook.